the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Twa. Three. Three bad days in a row. It's looking like on Wall Street. Not quite a hundred bad days make a hundred good stories, but three bad days could make for a mini little correction happening right before our eyes. People don't like the word correction. People don't like the word recession. People don't like the word spare market when it comes to your money. I get it. The... Hmm, how do I want to say this correctly? And there is a correct way of saying this. The markets aren't liking what the media is putting down right now. Not a lot has technically changed inside the economy in the last three days, but the media reports have a different tone. And the best way I can describe it is at times, she loves me, she loves me not. And it's the most annoying thing from your childhood, right? When you saw someone grab a flower, she loves me, she loves me not. She loves me, she loves me not. She loves me, she loves me not. And we're in a day of she loves me not, she loves me not, she loves me not. You don't like that. It doesn't sound good, it doesn't feel good. Investors still waiting for any sign of coronavirus a deal is still possible. Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin plans to speak with White House Speaker Nancy Pelosi again today, saying that you know we could we could work with that testing language that the Democrats want, while saying that the Democrats are kind of playing an all or nothing political game. That's Steve Mnuchin, Treasury Secretary of the White House. Weekly jobs claims came in worse than expected. Boo. They're not saying low. They're saying boo. They don't like the weekly jobless claims numbers. Mark's not happy with it. It's still too freaking high. So pandemic, massive job cuts. Three months later, six months later, nice recovery. Now that we're like five, six, seven months, now we're at the tail end of that. We're not really seeing a lot of jobless gains. And we're still seeing unemployed people. European governments are reinstituting, reconstituting, they're putting water back on their people. No, they're reinstituting pandemic restrictions to curb a second wave of the coronavirus. France has declared a public health state of emergency. And the UK is nearing a second national lockdown. You know what's going to happen, and again, I I hate to be the king of obvious. It's coming to America again. Is that that the Eddie Murphy movie that has moved from, I guess, a real 
media house to Amazon Prime? No, no. The pandemic looks like it will probably come here again. If France has to, if Paris, Paris, France, and London, England, if they have to shut down a second time, I think it probably implies maybe we will too. Because let's face it, we're Americans. We're big old Oompa who like to hang out together. Um, that's not good. Because I look at the calendar, I go, it's pretty close to the elections. It's pretty close to Thanksgiving. Ah, Thanksgiving. A time to spend with the extended family. Not this year. France and the Netherlands are endorsing a plan for the EU to curb the power of big tech. Uh-oh. This is a lot of bad news. Okay, governments are shutting down in Europe again. Weekly jobless claims are worse than expected. Steve Mnuchin still talking to Nancy Pelosi. He says, eh, it's getting a little too political. It might not happen. This is all bad news. Are you telling me France and Netherlands are going after Facebook, Apple, and Alphabet? Yes. We've talked about that. It's a good problem to have? No. It's a distraction, especially when your stocks are at all-time highs. Third quarter, earnings are continuing to roll out. Eh, earnings aren't a problem for me. They're looking okay, even the banks. But the banks, I still won't invest in because they have that 0% interest rate to deal with. It's not a world where they can deal well. Walgreens posted better than expected fourth quarter profit, helped by higher sales at U.S. pharmacies. The drugstore chain said it expects profit to grow in single digits in 2021. Eh. Walgreens is kind of boring. I could find other stocks to buy, but... I get it. Not from me, but I get it. Goldman Sachs, Wells Fargo, and Bank of America reported their latest quarterly results on Wednesday. Um, and I, I would say pretty much so topped expectations, but a, a little bit weak on the outlook. Market volatility is set to continue as we live in a home of uncertainties. We live in a neighborhood of uncertainties. When will the vaccine be available? Why was there a setback at Johnson Johnson on the vaccine? Why, why, why? We have questions, uncertainties on the size and the timing of fiscal stimulus. I think it gets done before Thanksgiving. I, I would put... Oh, strong odds that it gets done before Thanksgiving. Then again, I want to be careful how I say that. I, I, was gonna, I was gonna say, I'll bet my house that it gets done by Thanksgiving. I want to bet my house, but I, I shouldn't do that because what if there's this crazy election where almost 50-50 Republicans and Democrats get put in power and they decide we're not going to get anything done because we're angry we didn't get majority. I don't know. There could be some scenarios where I don't understand. This is the second earnings season in the wake of COVID-19, and arguably this one will be the most important earnings season ever. Investors globally are trying to gauge the actual damage from COVID-19 from the complete shutdown in March and April to we started to reopen. So the complete shutdown led to essentially a recession-type environment. The reopen, it's weaker than last year. That's not good. It's negative versus last year but we could see some winners and losers. Do we do a complete shutdown again? It looks like Europe is. Stocks are set to fall. Three days in a row. How do you feel about that? 
it's been three days without food. No, there's three days without an update. That's okay. Elon Musk has cut the Tesla Model S price twice in a week. Makes you feel stupid if you bought last month, huh? Tesla CEO Elon Musk tweeted that the price of the Model S is being reduced again. Takes another 3.5% off the purchase price. The gauntlet has been thrown down. The prophecy will be fulfilled. Model S price changes to $69,420 tonight. Um, so he's kind of childish. 69420 69 is a sexual reference. If you need me to explain it to you, drop me an email. Otherwise, use Google because Google has all the answers. And then 420. I know. <laughs> and 420 is a reference to marijuana. So a sex act and recreational cannabis use thrown into his commentary on his company's car price. Eh. I don't know what to say about that. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I promise you this next seven minutes, eight minutes, it's going to blow your mind. I'm going to ask you to be creative with your thoughts here. You know, kids aren't going to school right now across the United States. Some are. Most are not. I don't know if that's true. Um, A lot of kids are not going to school right now, whether it's primary or secondary school. For each month that schools remain closed, students lose between twelve dollars to $15,000 from future earnings. What? I tend not to stutter, but that one made me stutter. 56.4 million primary and secondary students in the United States are seeing massive losses to future earnings. You know your cute little kid who's going to kindergarten right now online? He met his awesome teacher. They did a parade, a drive-by, so to speak. Because they can't get out and see the teacher, hug the teacher. I know you're saying, you hug teachers? You're disgusting. I did hug teachers. I knew that would give me better grades. I did whatever I could. Students from kindergarten through senior year of high school have lost $2.8 trillion since schools closed in March. And if schools stay closed until the new year, another $2 trillion will be lost. Yesterday, I did a report about how $16 trillion has left the economy. This is the worst thing. This pandemic is the worst thing to happen to the U.S. since the Great Depression, when people were jumping out of buildings, when Wall Street crashed, when there was food lines. We got, we got crushed. The Roaring Twenties gave way to the world's greatest depression which led a man named Adolf into power. If people weren't poor and not working, they would not have followed him to any levels. But because people were poor and not working, they followed him. But that is a different story, and you don't want to hear Rob Black's history lessons. 
poverty. Well, here's my, here's Rob Black's commentary. Uh, when people are working, they tend not to start wars. They tend to smoke and wear blue jeans and drink Coca-Cola. When people are not working, they tend to look to the richest country in the world and go, wait, 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 wait. You're driving a $100,000 car? And we've got poverty in the desert? No, we're coming to get you. So 56.4 million primary and secondary students in the United States have lost future earnings. Students from kindergarten through senior year have lost $2.8 trillion, another $2 trillion by the end of the year. Students will lose over $100,000 in future earnings. If they stay closed through 2021, children would lose nearly $200,000 more, taking 15% of their projected future lifetime earnings off the table. Because we're getting what I would refer to as lower educational quality. Look, I love teaching my boy math. I'm a really, really good math teacher. Am I better than his teacher? Probably. But can I can I make up for the social teachings? Nope. Can I make up for the social studies? Probably not. Virtual schooling is not 100%. It's, it's not bad. It got better from the spring. There's no doubt about that. But the mental health and emotional costs, the reduced learning outcomes, the increased incidence of substance abuse and physical abuse, time and productivity cost to parents and caregivers, it starts to add up. Most educators, parents, and researchers agree that children are getting a lower level of education online than in the classroom. I agree with that. Um, when my kid does math with me, we are doing fractions yesterday. Um, he would look at me with glass eyes and I'd show him and he goes, oh, I get it. He needs to have glass eyes and miss the answer and the teacher go, F, and then be afraid to bring an F home to dad. He doesn't need me explaining it to him and making it, you know, showing him how easy it truly is. He needs to struggle. The lower quality of education impacts test scores and has long-term effects on the rate at which students attend college and their lifetime earnings. Unless education quality in the United States increases. And that's the one thing I don't care. If I'm running for president, I'm going to say I'm going to increase the quality of education. The higher the quality of education, the more likely you're to do math and science and engineering. Don't get mad at me for saying that. We don't need a nation of poetry tree huggers. We need a nation of engineers to come up with the next great thing. An iPhone... That solves hemorrhoids. No, no, no. An iPhone that does 3D picture. Okay, so maybe we don't need math. Yes, we do need math and science. So does that, that not blow your mind of how we're losing quality education, the value of life, the productivity losses for each case of COVID equals to just over 38,000? Um. COVID's a real thing, mathematically, to our, sci- our our society. I don't know if you're going to know someone who dies. I don't know if you're going to have an uncle or granduncle. I don't know if you're going to have complications in 10 years because you got it. You got through it, no problem. You were asymptomatic. But in 10 years from now, you're going to have, like, the black lung. I don't know. But I can tell you the math right now is starting to add up. 
So my expectations for the future world economies are starting to come down. Am I still in the stock market? Yes. Interest rates are near zero. There's no safety in government bonds because there's no return above inflation in government bonds. How badly do I want a vaccine? More badly than I want to send kids back to school. But do I also understand that by kids staying at home, they're losing quality of education? $12,000 to $15,000 in future earnings for each month. School continues to remain closed. Hmm. I know we only work from age 20 to 60. And if the quality of education is going down, that means bad things for our society. Students from kindergarten through senior year have lost $2.8 trillion since schools closed in future earnings. Each student, depending on grade level, has lost between $43,000 and $57,000 in future earnings. That's your kid. It's worth, I, I think it should blow your mind a little bit. Now, that's why you should go out and get a Peloton, because we're not going to gyms. Or, if you don't want to get a Peloton, maybe you should invest in Peloton. Ticker symbol PTON soared 470% in 12 months, giving the maker of interactive exercise equipment a market value of $38 billion. The pandemic has accelerated their path to profitability as gyms have closed. People work out from home, plus they got a cool device that kind of looks like an Apple exercise bike. Style is more important to Americans than, say, substance. I'm Rob Black, consultant broker advisor for taking action any stocks ever mentioned on this show. Talk to you in a couple. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. You know, hurricanes come and blow down buildings. Wildfires come and burn down buildings, but hurricanes, the problem is not the wind. It's the rain that it brings and the flooding. And the insurance companies say, we'll insure wind, but we're not going to insure rain. That's an act of God. And you're saying, I don't believe in God, or you're saying, I do believe in God, but insurance companies do not believe or do believe in God. And they're saying floods are something we won't cover. You have hurricane insurance, but you don't have the flood insurance that comes with hurricanes, right? Same thing's happening with wildfires. Wildfires in California are burning down buildings. That's okay. You're insured. You paid for that insurance. You, you get something back. I get it. But how about the smoke? Hurricanes have water flooding. Wildfires have fire burning and smoke damage. Devastating fires on the West Coast this year. Four million acres scorched. It's crazy. When you look at the acreages per year scorched in California, you're like, are we running out of trees? I remember in the, in the 80s, I was one of those children, children in high school, in, in middle school. And I remember very, very clearly the Amazon was burning. We're, the world's going to run out of oxygen if the Amazon burns down and, and celebrities like Nick Nolte. I know you're saying, Nick Nolte? 
we gotta save the we gotta save the Amazon or we won't have air. I know. Thank you very much. That's probably my best impression ever. Nick Nolte. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'd like to thank my mom, my father for teaching me how to be Nick Nolte for, you know, properly ensuring that I had the, no, okay, no, no. So there was a period in time where you were like wildfires in the Amazon. Now we're wildfires in California. It's surreal. Fires burning down buildings, but smoke has long lasting damaging effects. Who's getting hurt really badly? It's the winemakers. Now, winemakers won't mess up. They had already harvested their white their white grapes. So, let's see if I'm saying that right. Yes, they had already harvested their white wine grapes. That's the right way to say that. But the red wines, if they're not going to be usable because they're too smoke damaged. They have to throw it away because wine companies will not ruin their reputation by selling wines unfit to drink. I know you're saying, but how about Two Buck Chuck? Two Buck Chuck wasn't bad wine. California dominates U.S. wine production, accounting for 85% of wine made. California is obviously in wine. Washington is second at about 2%. Oregon is fourth at about 0.07%. So dominating the country is California and making wine. Grapes for white wines of Pinot have been harvested. The reds, though, are in the process of what are we going to do with these guys? A lot of the wildfires have been happening up in Napa Valley and Sonoma County, which is only 11% of the wine business in the state of California. The rest has been pretty much so untouched. So you don't have to fear about not having your favorite wine this year. Maybe you won't have your favorite winery. But the wine supply will be fine. But still 11% in Napa and Sonoma County, depending on what's harvested in reds, could cause a spike in red wine prices. Should you run out to BevMo right now and stock up? That's not my kind of thing, but maybe it's your kind of thing. The wineries will simply not risk their reputation, so we'll get, we'll still drink good stuff this year. But down the road, if you take off 11% of the wine is in Napa and Sonoma, and that's considered our premium area of growing wine, you're probably going to lead to price increases. That's an example of inflation. Now, inflation to you, is a, a big word. You kind of learned it in high school, probably. Inflation, and I, I mean no disrespect when I say this, it's the dirtiest word in the on the planet to me. The thing that you can call women that is part, I'm not even going to go there. The thing that you can call people of color, no. The dirtiest word in my world is inflation. Now, you know I'm exaggerating. You know I'm kidding. You know I'm being sarcastic. But it's the I, I word. Inflation's the boogeyman. My salary didn't go up 50% this year. So if wine goes up 50%, I can't continue at that pace. I'll fall behind it. My salary didn't go up 50% this year. So if my rent goes up 50%, I can't continue at that pace. That's why when you have low interest rates on mortgages, and you buy a home, you could probably do pretty well because historically, 
home prices have averaged four to six percent growth. Whereas now you can get a mortgage at three percent. That's almost free money. Not quite. I'm, I'm making a flawed example. But when mortgage rates are at seven percent, it's a much more difficult thought to invest in real estate. People don't know what to do in the wine industry right now. At this moment, there's not enough data on the wine grapes that have been harvested. But we do know there's a lot of smoke exposure concerns. Situations drastic enough that coastal states are seeking federal disaster relief for grape growers. All wine grape growers and winemakers on the West Coast fear challenges posed by wildfires and smoke exposure. It makes for a more difficult recipe, so to speak, when you're making wine. The year began with a surplus of wine. That's a good thing. Surpluses tend not to have inflating prop, uh, costs. So when you have homes for sale in your, your community, let's say four homes last year, and this year you have 12, people have more choices. So they, with four, they inflate the price because 10 people want to buy a home and there's only four homes to sell, to buy, they're going to compete with each other and they're going to pay more. But if 10 people want to buy a home and there's 20 homes to buy, there's no rush. There's plenty of homes there. Same thing with wine. Same thing with stocks. Everyone wants to own shares of Apple, which it inflates the price too much. Everyone wants to own shares of Tesla. It inflates the price too much. Ron Barron thinks that Tesla can go up another 400%. And you know what? If Elon Musk has not sent a basket of flowers, a box of chocolates to Gavin Newsom, he should. By saying that no car sold in California will have gasoline in it in the year 2035, it's, it's reworked the formula. It's accelerated everything that Elon Musk wanted to do, and society is helping him do it. So the year began with a surplus of wine, which is a good thing. Because we're well, what is the word, sourced? Yes. But the pandemic put a cork in things. Get it? <laughs> oh, he's so clever, a cork. He's talking about why. Oh, I just busted a rib. So the pandemic put kind of a cork in the wine sales at restaurants, bars, and sports venues. But you know what we did? We started drinking at home. Can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. Right? AA is for quitters. We've all seen people on Zoom calls kind of mute their TV or mute their video. Turn it off is another way of saying that. Not mute it. Video doesn't talk. What are you doing, Rob? And then it comes back on after 15 seconds. Someone reach for a drinky drink. Coronavirus pandemic has put a cork into on-premise wine sales, restaurants, bars, sports videos. But at home, we've we've risen it. We've played our game. Ultimately, this year, less wine will be made. But it's not clear yet if prices will go up. We'll find out in the coming months. A lot of people in the industry think higher prices are likely. Fires from 2017, which led to a crop loss, will accentuate pressures on the wine supply. Uh, 2016 was a good year for wine. 2017, the, the wine that we harvested was good, but there's just less of it. 
So wineries are starting to increase the price. Um, 20%. And they're talking about future releases, future wines going up 10 to 15% per bottle. We're the wine industry, the growers are saying like, let's put tariffs on, on wine coming from Mexico and China and wine that's coming from Chile and anywhere because they don't have fires that we have. I love supply and demand. I really do. I know you're saying you are such nerd. I'm a financial nerd in a way. Napa is super important to California and super important to the United States, but there's a big world of wine out there. So tariffs is how we're probably going to protect our wineries in the United States. And now you understand how tariffs work. If they don't have wildfires and we do, we protect our fire, our farmers. But if there's no wildfires, we're like, oh, let's not do tariffs because it keeps it well supplied and lowers prices. And yet everyone can kind of win. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You wine drinker, did that story scare you? Ooh, it's a spooky month. I'm Rob Black. It's Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Alphabet, which I still hate the name. Can I just call it Google? Or the company formerly known as Google. I miss Prince. He was good for something, right? Entertainment. Uh, anyway, I'm digressing. Alphabet is putting a lot of technology into solar paneled robotic buggies to inspect farm crops. Whoa. Google's Alphabet, or Alphabet's Google, Alphabet has what's called a moonshot factory. It's known as X. They talk about how much X is spending, but they don't talk about how much X is pulling in, in revenue or earnings, because typically it's not. They're aiming to transform agriculture and food production using technologies, including robotics, software, and satellite imagery. X revealed its name, Mineral. So Google's got a little factory that comes up with crazy ideas like, let's put the internet in balloons and put them way up in the sky, and oddly enough, people around the world will be able to use the internet. Wait, wait, that's never been done before. They try, they try new ideas that could become huge ideas. So this one's going to be called Mineral, and they're starting to tell you a little bit more about computational agriculture. You're like, wait, 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 tell me more. I'm going to. They're trying to help farmers, breeders, scientists, and argonomists. Is that the right word? I think so. Trying to use hardware now, software, and sensors to collect and analyze information about the complexity of the plant world. But one of the things that they don't want to do is send out like diesel-powered tractors to figure this out. They want to do low-emission electric buggies. The vehicles will use solar panels. They'll be able to travel across fields. They'll utilize GPS software to determine the exact location of plants. Cameras and machine perception tools are then used to gather reams of data about the crops. 
it could say, look, this plant is so high. This fruit size is so round or popping or juicy. The leaf area, we see bug damage. So a farmer wouldn't have to get on his tractor and drive around and, and collect all the data in his head. And then the farmer, his daddy had a good instinct for it, but he doesn't have a green thumb, so ultimately he loses money. Computers tend to have a green thumb. It's interesting to see Mineral has got software tools that can help breeders understand and predict how different varieties of plants respond to the environments. This is a really good thing. You know, California has lost 4 million acres to wildfire this year. We can create drones that are solar powered and put seeds in them and have them go plant, let's say 4 million trees burn down, they can go plant 4 million trees. No human has to go to the densely part of the woods to do it. We can send a robot to do it. So I'm, I'm throwing out a little bit of optimism to go with all the pessimism that's in the news right now. Mineral is currently working with breeders and growers in South Africa, Argentina, Canada, and the U.S. It says it's going to continue to expand. So again, Mineral is a division of Google X or Alphabet's X. Alphabet at one point in time, they were going to go into like TV, so they wanted to save the letter T for TV. Google got G. X is for their secret projects. But we're going to see more robotic harvesters being used to carry out commercial apple harvest in New Zealand is a real thing right now. It's an automated apple picking robot. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? I'm not really sensitive, socially speaking, to different jobs in our society. I know that there's low paying jobs out there. I'm not stupid. And I know that the fruit that I had last night for dinner was probably picked by someone who's get way below minimum wage. And sadly, I appreciate it. There's a great movie on Netflix that it's a day in the life without a Mexican. If you ever get a chance to watch it, it's a documentary. I want to say from the 90s, 2000s, 2000s. And um, it shows you like you can't eat fast food. You can't eat fruits and vegetables. Uh it's crazy the ramifications if you lose low-paying jobs. Because I don't want to pick fruit. That's tough work. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be in the sun all day. No way. I'd rather be behind a microphone. So if it's between me and a robot, I'm going to send a robot. If it's between me and a low-paid person, I'm going to say low-paid person. And again, like I said, socially, I'm bankrupt. Morally, completely bankrupt. I got nothing in me. Because I look at things completely as like uh, data. Cambridge University, the University of Cambridge, developed a robot that utilizes machine learning to pick lettuce. It's dubbed, get this, the veggie bot. <laughs> I can't make that up. I can't make that up. That's funny. The veggie bot. It identifies iceberg lettuce and then it decides if it's healthy and ready to be picked. And that's better than a low-paid person. Now that low-paid person can go to college and get a higher-paying job. No. Well, under Biden, maybe. I started reading some of the statistical data on Biden's collegiate plan to make it free and how it would pay off for the United States immediately, like 10 years. 
that's immediately in the world of the economic history of the world. Um, because we would be creating higher paying jobs. Remember earlier in the show, I talked about how schools have been shut down and every year that every, every month that happens, our kids are losing future earnings. Anyway, the veggie bot, I think I'm on the side that I like it, but I realize our society has to figure out where those low paying jobs go to, if they're going to go to robots. Do I like that Google's dominating this? I do. I'm very proud of California and the companies and the innovation that we have, but there's a real effect on, on salaries as we automate more and more. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com.